This is an ABC podcast. I'm Michael Bungay-Stanya. I'm the author of The Coaching Habit and How to Begin. My first job was in high school when I was 14, and I was a milko. So I ran the streets of Torrens in Canberra delivering milk. It'd take a couple of hours a night. I'd load up with crates of milk from the truck. I'd memorize the orders, and I'd go and drop bottles of milk off at various doorsteps. I'm not even sure that's a job that exists anymore. What I learned from the job, both literally and metaphorically, is to take corners slowly. There's one night I was delivering milk, there'd been a thunderstorm, and as I ran through a garden and tried to cut the corner a little bit, I slipped and I actually fell down on top of the crate of milk, all the bottles shattered, and I ended up in emergency in the hospital getting 30 stitches into my arm and uh, slowly recovering. So that's a practical lesson, but it's also a metaphorical lesson, which is it's worthwhile trying to figure out the fastest routes, but sometimes a corner can only be taken so fast. If it go any faster, disaster ensues. So I think one of the things I'm taking away from that job is slow down on some of the corners. Oh, you never forget your first job. Hello. I'm Lisa Leong and I was a liquor assistant at a supermarket when I had just turned 18. I still had, in those days, braces, glasses and I looked like I was 12 years old. So when I asked people for their ID, they would sarcastically remark, well, let me see yours. I was too small and weak to stack beer, but my favourite moment was when one day I was allowed to announce the specials on the loudspeaker throughout the whole supermarket. Slabs walking out the door for $20.99. I learnt about the power of my voice as opposed to the lack of power of my body. What was your first job and what did it teach you? If we put on our detective caps, we can take a look at our first jobs and pick up little clues and insights about ourselves that can help us navigate our current career. And if you have kids or are mentoring others, it might help you to advise them on what to look for in their first job. So on this working life, we're turning back the clocks, heading back into the greasy fast food joints to find out why first jobs are so crucial in your career. Oh my goodness me, I've had lots of uh, jobs when I was a youngster. So I started off where I worked in a shoe repair shop and then I worked in a shoe shop, a proper shoe shop. And then I worked in various cafes, packed Christmas cards and I've even packed kippers in a kipper packing factory. That's Julia Richardson, Professor of Human Resources Management at Curtin University. And as you can hear... She's had plenty of jobs when she was young, but the very first one still makes her smile. I'm a farmer's daughter, so I, you know, I used to do all sorts of things on the farm. And then I became this pony trek leader, taking off groups of ponies and horses and school kids off up in the Brecon Beacons in Wales. And it was delightful coming back, cleaning the stables out. And it was delightful. So unbelievably grounding. It just, it was just fabulous. And she doesn't just love her own first jobs and the experience it gave her. She adores all first jobs and the role they play in one's life and career. 
But one of the things with career theory is they talk about what we call self-exploration and environmental exploration. And self-exploration is a really important point in terms of developing your own career and understanding of the self. So, for example, I knew pretty early on that I enjoyed working with people from very diverse backgrounds. I also learned that I needed a little bit of structure in terms of my own learning and development and that I also needed to develop my own self-confidence. So they were things that I learned early on. I also learned early on that I wasn't particularly good with conflict and that was a skill set that I needed to develop um, even further. So I learned a lot about my a lot about myself early on in those early jobs. And with those two parts, are they equal parts in terms of careers then, the environment and then the self? Yeah, absolutely. So what's really important, so you've got the self-exploration again where you're learning about your own self, you're at what you're good at, what you need to develop, what your motivations are, you know, what switches you on and what switches you off. And the other part is, of course, is with regard to the environment. So it's learning about how work operates in different environments. So obviously, you're working in a shoe shop, that's retail, that has specific behavioral requirements versus, say, when I was working in the kipper packing factory, you know, that was much more operational. There wasn't really much interaction with anybody but me and the kippers, to be honest, at that point. So that was obviously you know, being able to work as fast as possible in a very limited time space. So I learned uh, very much about the different career opportunities that were available to me. So, Julia, it seems like first jobs are pretty important in our overall career, but can you tell me a little bit more about this and the theory around it? Yeah, sure. So for a long time ago, uh, one of the founding fathers of career development theory is uh, is an individual called uh, Donald Super. And he created this idea of uh, five different stages of career development. So you start off at growth. So he said that that's when you're between four and 13 years old. And then the next one is what he called career exploration. And he was suggesting that's between 14 and 23 years old. So that's when, again, you're exploring your own motivation, your own skills and competencies, and you're exploring what's out there in the uh, job market. And then there's the establishment stage, he said, was between 25 and 44, where you get, you know, a bit firmer, a bit more well-established in in your career. And then you go to maintenance, which is 46 to 60. 65, so you're even more established, you're perhaps less likely to want to go for a promotional, so he was suggesting. And then he called the disengagement stage, which is 65 plus. Now, actually, we know there are some problems with those stages. You know, in the I feel like I've done this about 10 times already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's a really, really good point. Because actually what we know now is that people go through those cycles. I know I've certainly been through career exploration multiple times Mm. in my own career. So if we set aside the ages related to those uh, particular stages, I think what's important is if we really focus on the exploration stage, 
that's when, you know, having job opportunities before adulthood, you know, before, say, you go on to university or join the formal labor market, that's where that can be really important. So I think that super stages do have some currency. We should treat them with some caution, but they're a really good, I think, starting off for a conversation piece about where you are in your career. My little challenge there is I wonder if career exploration is your whole life. It could well be. I think there are stages where you start exploring and then you sort of get firm. It might be for one year, it might be for two, it might be three years. Mm. And then you sort of have what I would call these mini explorations. So, for example, you may well stay in the same industry. So if I think about my own career, for example, so I got into education, public education, and then I had a bit of a wee exploration, perhaps moving away from being a lecturer into a more leadership role. So that's sort of a mini cycle cycle of exploration. And it may well be in a few years when my term as head of school has finished, I may well explore a more senior leadership position in the university. So it's almost as though you've got these cycles within cycles and different forms of exploration, much broader exploration if you're thinking about going into a new industry or perhaps a much smaller cycle of exploration if you want to stay within the same organization but explore a different role. What about jobs where there are skills that you might have been exploring in a job as a teenager that have come to the fore in a current job? What do you call this? Oh, that's, yeah, great point. Now, that's what we call skill transferability. And I would, if I may, like to quote Steve Jobs. So if you, I would recommend looking at his 2005 Stanford address. And he talks about joining the dots. So if we look at, if we look at Jobs' uh, speech, he talks about, you know, when he first went off, first he dropped out of college, then he went back in and he actually studied calligraphy. And he studied calligraphy. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And he studied calligraphy just because it was it was just something he was kind of interested in at the time. And then lo and behold, years later, we know that he actually he actually used those skills that he'd gained there with in calligraphy as part of the development of, of Apple. Mm. And so that actually became a really important developmental point within the within Apple. And so oftentimes the skills that you learn early on, you can't connect the dots at the time, but you may well do so later. Hello, my name is Anthony Giannopoulos. I'm 20 years old and my first job was working at Apple. I had always been really keen to work at Apple. I'd always been really interested in technology. And pretty much since I was in year eight or year nine at high school, I was set on getting a job at Apple. Everyone was very like-minded. Most of us were kind of similar in age, but from really diverse backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, which made it great because everyone had someone that they could relate to. Um, being 17 and entering the workforce for the first time, it was quite daunting because I didn't really know what to expect. So when I knew there were people who kind of grew up in the similar area as I did, or were from the same kind of religious background as I was, it was really nice to have that sense of belonging and kind of community within such a huge uh, work environment. The other thing as well was uh, when I started at Apple, I 
was very closeted. Um, I hadn't come out to friends or family and I was still coming to terms with my sexual identity. And having such great representation within our team really made me feel more comfortable with who I was and also kind of challenged my own perceptions about different stereotypes that I might have had about either myself or others as well. It gave me personal skills such as you know, speaking with customers and feeling more confident and presenting myself as a professional, but also gave me skills in you know, balancing my work life, study life, uni life. I think the first year in my role, I developed quite drastically because I had no other option really. Um, and as I did feel more comfortable within my work environment, with customers, with friends, with managers, I did grow professionally as well. My name is Kath Blackham and I'm the founder and CEO at Versa. My first unpaid job was at my dad's office. So that was during the holidays. And all that taught me was that I didn't want to work for family for the rest of my career. So I should go off and actually get an education. So I didn't have to do that. But my first paid job was actually as a checkout check at the New World Supermarket in New Zealand. So I was 15. It taught me actually a lot. So it taught me about dealing with customers, making small talk with people that I don't know, and also dealing with difficult customers. Once I kind of progressed through it, it was all about management. And that's, I guess, what I would take on to the next years of my career was those first early learnings of leadership. Hello, my name is Jay Yong Lo. I'm the director of the Centre for Asian Australian Leadership at the Australian National University. My first job was a policy and project officer at the Ethnic Communities Council of Victoria. As a 21-year-old fresh out of university, my job included researching on public policy issues, uh, writing policy briefs and submissions, delivering on um, projects focusing on strengthening multiculturalism in Victoria, and networking and connecting with community leaders that represent Victoria's vibrant multicultural and refugee communities. I'm very grateful to that opportunity um, to be able to take on that first job because it really set me on this career trajectory where, number one, it gave me a lifelong appreciation of multiculturalism and cultural diversity, diversity and inclusion and equity because it made me realise how much of a missing potential Australia is not holding on to in terms of not investing in our culturally and linguistically diverse Australians. Without that job, without that experience at ECCV, I don't really believe that I could be on this current career trajectory, especially, you know, not only the skills that they gave me and the foundation that it gave me, but it also the lifelong commitment and dedication to diversity and inclusion which has led me to this current role in trying to break down the bamboo ceiling. As a 21-year-old graduate, I couldn't ask for a better start to my career um, and I will be internally grateful for that experience and I look back at it with extreme fond memories. Shall we play a quick game? I want you to match these famous people with their first job. Here are the people. Barack Obama, Sylvester Stallone and Jennifer Aniston. Okay, here are the first jobs. Lion cage cleaner, bike messenger, and ice cream scooper. (laughs) Answers at the end of the episode. Okay, back to work now. Let's hear how first jobs can shape our careers and how we can best talk to teenagers about the power of the first job. 
Hi, my name's Lila. I'm 16 and I live in Melbourne. So I started my first job at a cafe franchise in about March 2021. I started looking for a job originally because I wanted to be more independent and have my own money and not quite like rely on my parents as much. So at the patisserie, I would serve customers, clean tables, prep some food, serve some food, kind of stock take. It was kind of like a cafe kind of all around a thing. I just didn't make any coffees. So it was kind of everything. <laughs> yeah, so before I got a job, I was very disorganized and I kind of didn't have much time management skills. And since then, I've grown like a lot. Like even my parents have said, wow, you've changed so much in the way that you've got so much more time management like I started a calendar and put all my rostering in and stuff so I grew a lot of that and I definitely put that into different aspects of my life as well like even when I wasn't going to work I'd still be able to manage my time really well. I think I definitely grew customer service skills as well that was a big one for me and I kind of learned how to put that into my day-to-day -day life at the same time. I found out that I really like a fast-paced work environment, so that's kind of why I went to McDonald's after that, because I kind of get bored super easily, and I think that's definitely going to help with my career choices in the future. So my first job was working at a hairdresser close to where I lived when I was about 14. I was 14 and nine months because I remember I was adamant as soon as I could legally work, I wanted to. And I would wash people's hair when they came in to get their hair cut and wash all the towels. But my favourite job was wiping down and reorganising the nail polish and laughing at the ridiculous nail polish names. Oh, you know, the one I loved and they cancelled it was called Matched Luggage. It's kind of like a nudie pinky, like a kind of like a ballerina pinky one, but like kind of more beigey. <laughs> Hello, my name is Daisy Turnbull and I'm a teacher and writer. And in her new book, 50 Questions to Ask Your Teens, Daisy dives into the world and minds of teenagers and unpacks how we can better communicate with them on a range of topics, including work. So Daisy, how important are first jobs for teenagers? Well, I think they're really important. And I think the other thing that's really interesting, and this comes up in the Gene Twenge studies, is that teenagers aren't working as much as they used to. So they're not getting as many part-time jobs as they used to. And partly that's a good thing because they're learning, they're, you know, focusing on their studies. But also it's potentially a bad thing because we learn so much and get so much experience from our first jobs. And even if it's, you know, babysitting or working at a Woolies or a Macca's, we learn so much about, you know, how to be adults in our first jobs. I think in a way they feel a lot more mature, a lot more worldly, but then in actual experiences can be lacking. So when you think about, you know, they've grown up in, especially, you know, in Australia, in a world where they have generally been over-parented, they haven't been given a huge amount of time on their own, they haven't really been able to make huge amounts of mistakes, that can mean that they get into the workforce either as teenagers or when they finish school or university and they're lacking a lot of these experiences that help develop resilience. And of course there's another benefit to getting a job, money. They start earning some money which means they can start hopefully having some autonomy and thinking about savings goals because until they have a job, you know, whether it's pocket money or getting paid for jobs or, you know, 
relatives giving them birthday money or whatever it is, um, it's when they start earning income, even if it's babysitting, they get to then decide what they want to do with that money. And that is a really important thing for autonomy and also responsibility. But further to that, yeah, teens getting jobs is great because they have to be responsible, they have to turn up, they learn the difference between taking initiative and not taking initiative and they realise that their employers figure it out quite quickly if, you know, Susie takes initiative or not. And they also get to learn what they like doing and what they don't like doing. In your book, 50 Questions to Ask Your Teens, you talk about how to ask teenagers questions. So how might we talk to them about their first jobs, Daisy? Where would we start? So I think the first thing when you're talking to teenagers about jobs is talking to them about the understanding that jobs give us purpose and they're obviously important financially, like we we all need to work, but also this idea of our work doesn't entirely define us. So you can talk to your teens about that in relation to your own job, but then when you start translating that to their own careers, whether that's when they finish uni or part-time jobs, talking to them about the things that you might assume they know So I know as a teacher, I teach commerce, which is a year nine and 10 subjects, so 14, 15-year-olds. They are so excited when we talk about writing a CV or doing practice job interviews. These are things that we assume they know or they can easily find online, but there is a huge benefit to going through that with people they know and love. Daisy, do you have any good open questions for us to ask our teens about jobs or working? Yes, I do. So a really simple question is how are you going to keep the wolf from the door? And this is a question to talk to teens about, you know, it might be in your family when they're 14 or 15 because you might need your teen to work to contribute to the household income or it might be something when they get to uni It's a conversation to have with them about what they want to do but also how they can contribute to the family. And I do believe that even earlier than that, asking teens or talking to teens about things like the mental load or about what is involved with, you know, running a home so they don't firstly take it for granted but they also want to positively contribute to it, whether or not that's through chores or that's through part-time job or cooking dinner once a week. These are all things teens can do to contribute to the family, but also for their own experience and their own career development. I think what's really important is for young people to develop that career maturity. It's really important. I think the earlier we start, rather than infantilizing uh, young people, I think we have to give them credit, you know, for the capacity to take charge of their own careers. And I think the earlier we start, I think the better. And I think the more diverse workplace experiences they can have, then the better. And Julia, what do you think that it reveals that we all remember our first job so vividly. Oh, my goodness me. I think it revealed, because I think we look back on those times. I know I certainly do. I look back on those times with, you know, a really, really positive experience. It's one of those things, isn't it? You look back on your childhood and imagine being able to say, you know, I worked here, I worked here, and I remember this customer and I remember this former colleague. It all adds to the richness of your life, I think. 
thanks to my guests, Professor Julia Richardson from Curtin University and Daisy Turnbull, teacher and author. And thank you for sharing your first job stories with us, Lila, Michael, Anthony, Kath and Jayung. And we'd love to hear more of your stories, this time about your family dynamics. What happens when you all get together at Christmas? What plays out? What is your role in the family? Are you the reliable one, jester, perhaps organiser? Don't worry, you can be anonymous and it all relates back to work, of course. Just email us, thisworkinglife at abc.net.au before May 25th. Oh, and back to the quiz, those first job answers you've been waiting for. Well, Sylvester Stallone cleaned lion cages at Central Park Zoo, Jennifer Aniston was a bike messenger, and Barack Obama scooped ice cream. This Working Life is produced by Zoe Ferguson. Her first job was also in a supermarket. I'm Lisa Leong, and until next time, love your work. Beep. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.